Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the second day of March, March, May, (laughs) 2014. Today we are reading from the big book. We're in the chapter, We Agnostics. We are on page 56, and we are going to begin our reading with one night when confined, and today's readers are the 12 Steps Heidi, 12 Traditions Ken, and then Chelsea, Hoodie, and Sharon R.S. And the share code for yesterday, Thursday, the 1st of May, is 6257, 6257. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Heidi to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Heidi, and here are the 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these characteristics defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Heidi. And I will now ask Ken to read the 12 traditions, please. Thank you. Good morning, Monica. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA's unity. Two, our group purpose 
I'm sorry, for our group purpose there is but one authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA's membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group shall be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the still-suffering compulsive eater. Six, an OA group would never endorse finance or lend the OA's name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such would never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name would never be drawn into controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles above personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. And to share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, We Agnostics. We are on page 56, and we're going to start reading the paragraph that starts one night when confined in a hospital. And I will ask Chelsea to begin reading, please. Good morning, Monica. Thank you for your service. Good morning, visionaries. One night, when confined in a hospital, he was approached by an alcoholic who had known a spiritual experience. Our friend's gorge rose as he bitterly cried out, If there is a God, he certainly hasn't done anything for me. But later, alone in his room, he asked himself this question, Is it possible that all the religious people I have known are wrong? While pondering the answer, he felt as though he lived in hell. Then, like a thunderbolt, a great thought came. It crowded out all else. 
Who are you to say there is no God? This man recounts that he tumbled out of bed to his knees. In a few seconds, he was overwhelmed by a conviction of the presence of God. It poured over and through him with the certainty and majesty of a great tide at flood. The barriers he had built through the years were swept away. He stood in the presence of infinite power and love. He had stepped from bridge to shore. For the first time, he lived in conscious companionship with his creator. And I'm Chelsea. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater for today. And I'm really grateful to be on the line live today. Um, This guy here is in the hospital now. He's confined. And if we look to why was he in the hospital, first of all, he had reached the point of self-destruction. So he was in utter despair at that point. And when he saw somebody whom had solved the problem or whom the problem had been solved for them, who had had a spiritual experience, it says, whether he was upset about it or not, he had to at least admit somebody was standing in front of him who had gone through this and had brought these questions to him, which made him ask, is it possible? Is it possible? Is it possible that the religious people I have known are wrong? And while he was going through his mind through this, doing all this search and development stuff, it hit him like a thunderbolt. Who was he to say that there was no God? And for me, I didn't have a thunderbolt experience. Mine has been gradual. But I have gradually experienced the evidence. The more I practice these 12 steps, the more the evidence becomes clear to me that there is a power greater than myself and that I am in companionship with it. And I I have had to ask myself questions. Is it possible? Is it possible that this program can work for me? Is it possible? I had a lot of questions I had to ask myself. Is it possible? Is it possible that I think I know too much? All these different questions go through. And what the final result is is that, you know, Chelsea, whether you believe in God or whether you don't is frankly irrelevant. I have an issue around food of which I'm powerless over. Those are the facts that I have to face and deal with. And the result of being powerless has made my life unmanageable in many, many areas, so much so that I can't live unless I reach for something for ease and comfort, food, unless I reach back into a bag, a box, or something, I can't live life. I am screwed. So, okay, I'm screwed. Lack of power, says, that's my dilemma. And what could fix that? The solution is to get rid of the blockage, the stuff that's blocking me off from sanity. And if I've already read this far in the book, then I I have already, I'm assuming that step one has been taken thoroughly that the conclusion was made, and that as we're at this point in step two, now I need to know what do I do? What is, what is the solution? And the only solution that this book has are these 12 steps to get rid of the blockage. And then once the blockage is removed, I'm told by these pages that I will have a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from compulsive overeating. 
I won't be going from bag to mouth, from bucket to mouth, from carton to mouth, from store to store, from drive through to drive through. I won't be doing that insane behavior anymore. It says a profound alteration in the reaction to life will happen. But it won't happen unless I go through this entire process. Will I be able to stand in the presence of infinite power and love? And my experience has just been recently that I've been awash in infinite power and love, so much so that I was actually overwhelmed. See, I had never loved really before. I was selfish to the excuse me, I get choked up about this, but I'm selfish to the core. And self comes back, and it still wants to try to wrestle the steering wheel of life, which I have already given over. I'm on the passenger side now. I agreed to that. But I still want to, the vestiges of self still come in, and I still want to try to run the show. But thank goodness, I am so thankful that I have, I have experienced infinite power and love. And again, the more I experience, that's the evidence that it's real to me. And who knew that I had to actually walk through all these 12 steps <laughs> in order to get that spiritual awakening. And thank goodness for the spiritual experience chapter in the back because it made it really clear to this agnostic because I am agnostic. I don't know whether there is a God or whether there isn't, but I'm 100% clear that it's not me because I'm on the phone with you guys. <laughs> That's the best I could conjure up. So I'm just so grateful to be here in the presence and with the spirit of the light running through me, my divine director guiding me. Yes, I sometimes show out and I want to take over again, but thank goodness I have a loving God. I have a caring God who says, yo, back up, Chelsea. You're getting a little out of hand, girl. Sit down, take a time out, because being still is an activity. Take a time out, regroup, and let me move through you. Get back in neutral. And that's when I know I'm aligned and that infinite power and love can run through me freely because the blockages are cleared. Thank you so much for letting me share, and thank you all for being here. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Chelsea. And would anyone like to uh, share on this second paragraph here, on the second part of what we read? Sheila. Katie this is from Boston. Larry. Sheila. <laughs> oh, boy. Katie um, Okay, Sheila, Katie G, Larry, and who else? I think there was a fourth one. Hannah. That was Sylvia. Hannah. Hannah. And Sylvia. Okay. Wow. All right. Sheila, and then it'll be Sheila, and then Katie, and then we'll go from there. Sheila, go ahead. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your service. Um, needed to check in, and oh, this is a great one. I, we read it yesterday, and I'm grateful we revisited it again today because it had such an impact on my road to recovery. Uh, when I read this, I think about what's blocking me because I've had these experiences where the presence of God is such a such an overwhelming feeling. Not, I I know when it's there because it's been tears in my eyes. Um, hopefully you don't hear the noise in my thoughts. Um, but I think I think about sometimes what blocks me that I don't have this. I would love to have it every day, and I don't know how come I don't have it every day. But what starts to block me is when I start wanting the past, my past, to be anything other than what it was. You know, so for me to have this close relationship with the power greater than myself, I have to surrender. I have to surrender on a daily basis. Surrender my life, surrender my my food and everything to a power greater than myself, and it's not me. You know, um, 
But when I start to think, I identified so much with the last speaker of of running the show, and it's my will, or I'm entitled to, you know, that's when everything stops. Everything stops, and I'm humble because I think of the song, Be Still and Know That I Am God. It brings me back to that. I have to literally go back and sit still so I can stay connected. You know, as long as I'm doing this work, as long as I'm remaining honest and open and willing, willing to surrender my will, I can have these experiences as often as God wants me to have them. You know, and um, it's so much more I can say about it, but I know there's a lot of people who want to share. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you, Sheila. Katie G., you're up. Thanks, Monica, for your service. Thanks to everyone on the line. KG recovered for today, compulsive overeater, and so grateful to be reading this. To my sponsor and I got to this point, and what did she point out to me? Our friend's gorge rose as he bitterly cried out, if there is a God, he certainly hasn't done anything for me. What is that? That's a resentment. How much did I resent God when I came into the room? He didn't give me that. I don't have this. This isn't mine. They have that. I don't have big boobs. I have brown hair. I have blue eyes. What's wrong with me? What does that sound like? Self-pity, judgment, and resentment. And what's the number one offender? Oh, yeah, resentment. So, you know, um, absolutely, I love this slow awakening that I, that I came to as well to start realizing, like, yeah, you know, the sun, moon, and stars, Katie, they rise and, and, and shine and set and all that good stuff without you, you know. And um, who, who are you? Who are you, Katie, to say that, that you are uh, managing your life? How's that going for you? How's your food, food addiction going for you? Because, you know, for me, again, I came to that point. I had no power, choice, or control with the food. And I had no power, choice, or control. I was miserable as an abstinent woman, you know. And I love how it said, uh, my sponsor taught me, the barriers that had built through the years were swept away. And what are barriers? You know, the manifestations of self. And my sponsor said to me, you know, if you're on the bridge, right, and your pants are on fire, are you going to sit there wondering, gee, I wonder if I'm going to have first-degree burns or second-degree burns? I wonder if this is going to blister. Are you going to jump in? You know, and I jumped in. I didn't know. All I knew, you guys, was that the way I was living my life was not working. Did we lose our moderator? Oh, hello? Continue, Katie. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, and all I knew that was that, like, slowly, you know, because of this spiritual awakening of an educational variety, I thought, what is it promising to live in conscious companionship? And what's companionship? It's brothership. It's fellowship. Like, all of a sudden, it's not just Katie, right, living on her own self-will. So I was defeated to the point where it was like, you know what, there has to be a God. And I, too, today, you know, it's it's like I get into managing my life, and it's like, Okay, Katie, is God everything or he is nothing? Who are you to say that God doesn't, you know, want this in your life? And who are you to say that that your life should look like this? Jump in. Are your pants on fire? Are you in enough pain? And thank you, God, that my tolerance for pain is so much less today because I've had a spiritual awakening. And one 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 thing that I'll just share with you, I remember in my fifth step, I was like calling and calling and calling people. I had just gotten out of my fifth step and I was in all this pain and I was doing that drunken dial, right? But this time I was sober looking for a human power to fix me and nobody answered the phone and all of a sudden it was like, talk to God. And I did. You know, and since that time, I continue to cultivate that relationship with God. And I do that by, you know, like everybody has said, staying abstinent, living in 10-11. I had the privilege yesterday of doing some really hard 11-step work and 10-step work and seeing, like, okay, I can respond differently today. I can practice tolerance, patience, kindliness, and love towards all. 
and God has revolutionized my life. If you are not on fire and feeling revolutionized about your life, there is a solution. These are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. There is a God for you, and it is all your experience, and it will be divine and amazing. And you will cultivate it and do amazing things. I mean, the things we place in God's hands are better than we can imagine. And it is so wonderful not to have to play God anymore and to have a relationship with God and to not want to die today and to be a member of this amazing program, Overeaters Anonymous. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Katie. Larry, you're Larry. You're up, and then it'll be Hannah after. Good morning, Monica. Thanks so much. Uh, Larry recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, when a when a new power flows in, we begin to lose our fear of today and tomorrow, and and that's that's what happened to me. And it, and it says, you know, in this case, in this paragraph, it says that in a few seconds he was overwhelmed by a conviction of the presence of God. It poured over and through him. You know, conviction, you know, a, a firmly held belief or opinion. And and my experience is that God floods in when we want him. But I, I needed to remember that the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. And and a big piece of evidence for me that my, you know, my relationship with my creator had fundamentally changed you know, after working the steps, um, w- was that I had lost interest in selfish things. And I, I gained interest in my fellows. And I mean, that, that was a big thing because um, I don't think I'm unique in, in that self-centered existence that I led before. And I couldn't find my way out of that. No amount of wanting to be selfless was enough. You know, God, it was, God had to do more for me than just uh, remove, you know, cravings for, for my binge foods, which were killing me. There was a lot of reconstruction that had to occur for me. So, you know, I suddenly realized that God was doing for me what I could not do for myself. And, and just like with this, this guy, God poured over and through me with complete certainty. So all those self-imposed barriers, you know, all that stuff was swept away. And, and, you know, so what we're talking about here is rebirth, being reborn. And I'm not even talking from a religious sense. I used to hear that term, re, being rebo- reborn. You know, that would turn me off, you know, because it, it would speak to some, my, my notion of some religious type of thing. But what we're talking about is, is just reborn. We're talking about a renewing of my mind. You know, old ideas were cast aside and new ones accepted. And that seems to be what's happened with this guy. And I'll tell you why this is so critically important. You know, now I, I became ready to do business, you know. I became ready to do the third step. I became ready to proceed. You know, coming to this line, I, many days I would come to, to this line and other, you know, in the rooms and just sort of hang out, hoping, God, just just help me to be like some of these other people that I hear on the line. You know, and that never happened for me because I sat there in the stands, so to speak, among the audience in a very passive way. And and this program is not a passive program. It's for doers. And I just wasn't ready or willing to do much of anything other than just kind of show up. You know, keep coming back. Well, I'm glad I kept coming back. But you can come back for the next 30 years. You can come back till you take your last breath. It's not going to do anything. 
um, in terms of, of what this, this, this program promises. So um, I became ready. And, and, you know, it's funny. Here's what I believe. Whether my spiritual awakening comes by way of a sudden upheaval, like, like it seems in this paragraph, or my spiritual awakening comes more slowly, for, like for most of us, you know, that, that, you know, more of the educational variety. What I do know is I simply will not recover from this disease without having a vital spiritual transformation. Won't happen. And why is that so? Because, because, because God's unfair? God's, you know, picking and choosing? No, because without it, I would never live in conscious companionship with my creator. I continue to be ruled by fear and, and resentments and self-centeredness and dishonesty and all that stuff. I deceived myself into thinking that my problem was with food rather than with life. My problem wasn't with food. That's just what brought me here. Thank God it brought me here. My problem was with living. I couldn't stay stopped, remember? I'll die with the allergy, just like my daughter with a peanut allergy, you know. She will always have that. It won't be cured. Science hasn't cured that. It hasn't cured my allergy either. But staying stopped, that, that I needed God to help me with that. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. And Hannah, you're next. Or Hannah. Good morning. Thank you, as always, for the meeting, for the people um, awake and present at this hour. Um, I'm Hannah. I'm a compulsive overeater in Colorado, recovered for today. Um, the conviction of the presence of God, I, I, I had, and it was a very quiet, undramatic experience last week. I had to fast for about 40 hours for a medical procedure, and, and I knew there was no way that I could do that on self-will. Um, and and I could do it, you know, with the presence of God, of, of what I call God, whatever that is. Um, what what I love most about these two paragraphs is that, um, you know, our friend, as he's called, he's so angry and in so much despair, and he's completely honest about that, and that's where the presence of a higher power is available to him. That surrender to how he feels. Um, and the step before that that he takes is he actually believes this alcoholic, that this alcoholic has had a spiritual experience. And my position was, I just didn't believe people who said they'd had any spiritual experience. Um, so the the first coming to believe was being willing to say, this person really actually believes she has had a spiritual experience and that, that particular person was my sponsor. Um, and that that's the bridge for me um, i i 
have a friend in program who says the best prayer he ever said was, God damn it, God, do something. And his, he, he, was, um, he, he was crawling up the steps to an AA club the next day. Uh, and I feel like that with food. I feel that, you know, I can stand in front of food and say, there is, you know, God damn it, God, there's no way I can abstain from this food that's in my refrigerator. And that's where the help is when I can admit that, that I can't do it. Um, With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Hannah. Sylvia, you're up. This is Bella. Can I share? Bella, Sylvia is first, and then you can speak, okay? Okay, good. Thank you. Hi, this is Sylvia, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in upstate New York. And um, this passage obviously has a lot of meaning for a lot of us, and it's so amazing to hear all of our experiences. And I wanted to share my uh, experience and that I had been working the steps, and I had, uh, I had gotten, gotten to um, that a power greater than myself was outside of myself. You know, the power wasn't me. And, um, and I had been guided by God through the steps and through others. But the second profound experience, I had had another one, but the second one, uh, I realized later that um, God had been talking to me. I just hadn't listened or I didn't realize that was God. And for an agnostic, that was huge. So what happened for me that this – this last time that was so profound that actually made me laugh when it happened is I had been we, I I had been involved because uh, of our son's uh, divorce and custody battle and was really really trying to figure out a relationship uh, how my part in a very difficult relationship with my daughter-in-law and, and with my granddaughter and I didn't know what to do. I literally didn't know what to do. And so for me, the first thing is to do nothing. Inaction for me is a good thing. And I kept on praying and saying, I don't know what to do, God. I don't know what to do, so I'm not going to do anything. And uh, the way it comes back is just like in this paragraph, it comes back. This is uh, two or three times now. It's come back in the form of, in the, of a question so I had been letting it lie and letting it lie and not responding to something that I needed to respond to because I didn't know what to do. And uh, in the shower, which is where a lot of these things happen, of course, uh, and all of a sudden a question popped into my head, and it was not me asking the question. And the question was, uh, do you, is your hatred of your daughter-in-law greater than your love for your granddaughter? Let's ask me a question. And so uh, I just had to laugh. It wasn't me asking that question. And, of course, I knew what the right answer had to be. And so then I could change my behavior. Um, it, it couldn't have happened had I not worked the steps. It couldn't have happened had I not done the work that is required and prescribed by the big book. But then I had to stop and listen. I had to stop and then realize when the question was being asked. And then the answer would be obvious. And uh, it was a profound experience, made me laugh. Um, I could tell anyone out of program about the experience and it wouldn't be a big deal. But um, for those in program, I just had to laugh for days. It's like, oh, yeah, that's God. That's the question. I got the answer. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sylvia. 
Bella, you're up. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. I love this, what we read today. Very, very empowering. And to me, what I want to share now is who are you? Well, before the program, I definitely didn't think I have to ask, who am I? Because I knew exactly who am I. I was driven by my ego. I was driven by the idea that I am the smartest and I am the most talented person in the world. And even though I was all the time lonely and alone, I wasn't surrounded by true love, because really I didn't love myself. I took upon myself the job of a judge. I was judging. I was judging myself, and I was judging others. Well, who gave me the, the, the job of to be a judge? Well, I didn't judge honestly, and really I couldn't because I am limited, and I don't know everything and all the time. I just thought that, you know, I know everything. And I, you know, I took respons responsibility of other people's behaviors and thinking and feelings. And, you know, I didn't even judge myself honestly. And the first thing I couldn't accept myself as a limited person. And oh boy, if I did a mistake, and definitely I did. I did mistakes because I am human, and this is the way I learn. But this I know now. Now I know exactly who I am. I am a messenger of the power of love. Now I know that I am human, and therefore I am limited, and I can be smart, and I can be talented, and I can have... I can do good things, but still everything that I have, it's, it's a gift that I got from God, the power of love and respect. And now, thank God I am in the program, I am not afraid to ask this question. I am not afraid to pause and to say, Bella, who are you? I am not afraid to say, well, Bella, I am powerless. I am powerless of the food. I am powerless of people's behavior. I am powerless of my money situation. I am powerless. And yet I love myself. I love myself because I am a daughter of God. And I am a gifted child. And not only me, we are all unique children of God. And this is the connection of love and respect. Now I am not afraid to say and to ask, who am I? Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And this is Monica, and very quickly here, what is happening? What is going on here with this man? You know, he, he, his way has not been working, and he's in, in a type of hell. And he's willing here to to shift his perception. He's willing to think a little differently. He's willing to allow something else to come in. And he steps from bridge to shore. You know, he's going from his own reasoning, his way, I, 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 to 
something else, to a faith that something else might work, you know? And with that, let's move on here. And Hoodie, would you read the next two paragraphs, please? Good morning, Monica. This is Hoodie. Oh, you got a compulsive overeater. Thus was our friend's cornerstone fixed in place. No later vicissitude has shaken it. His alcoholic problem was taken away. That very night, years ago, it disappeared. Save for a brief moment of temptation, the thought of drink has never returned. At such times, a great revulsion has risen up in him. Seemingly, he could not drink, even if he would. God had restored his sanity. What is this but a miracle of healing? Yet, its elements are simple. Circumstances made him willing to believe. He humbly offered himself to his maker. Then he knew. And again, my name is Hoodie, and um, from Israel. And I just, I really love this. You know, they're closing in on the, you know, almost finished the agnostic, and it it was necessary to go through this chapter, to go through these first, um, these first couple of chapters, just to have that um, knowledge and. To, to be convinced that of my need for a higher power, and this is the corn, his cornerstone um, fixed in place. It was just him with his higher power, him and God, and no, and no vicissitude is like a difficulty or a hardship. Nothing that is hard for him or any difficulty was able to to um, mess up with it. Any difficulty that came in the way was um, faced. And you know, and you don't have to any long. Um, and yes, I, I mean, you know, there's going to be rough times, but you know, I I know today that I am with God in 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 my small inner circle. That anything that happens is just to connect me closer. And God, I'm going to stir me to sanity today. Today I could say that I don't want, I don't want to take that extra bite. And I'm not, I'm not, and I don't even want it. I'm, I'm, I don't need it anymore. Today I'm happy. I'm happy to live this way, because um, it's, and I just like love where it says, you know, I'll just like bring it in on page 98, um, in the, in the, you know, later on in working with others, where it says, you know, bring to every man and woman that he may get well, regardless of anyone. The only condition is a trusting God and clean house and yes no one no one no 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 parent no um no parent no um husband no wife or anything no one be able to get me to recover i had to connect i had to be convinced by my own that what my way was not working and that there was a way that you all you have shown me that if i connect and have a relationship with my higher power then and um, put my dependence on my higher power instead of other people, then I could get, um, I will be able to live a better life. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Hoodie. And who would like to share on these two paragraphs? This is Katie. Paula. I share. I heard Katie and Paula. Hello, Go ahead. Go ahead, Katie, and then Paula, and then Raquel. Okay, good morning. This is Katie Up, a recovered compulsive overeater in Central Virginia. Um, I just wanted to focus on these two sentences. Um, 
save for a few brief moments of temptation, the thought of drink has never returned. And at such times, a great revulsion has risen up in him. Seemingly, he could not drink even if he would. And, you know, I've had some times in my um, years of recovery and abstinence where I've thought, you know, maybe I'm making this too hard. Maybe, you know, I need to just go with the flow in this third world country where, you know, people are eating, you know, such a small amount of food and I shouldn't be so worried about getting the food that I need on my food plan. And, you know, that is exactly what has happened. This, I feel completely nauseated. And then, you know, so the moment passes and I don't want to pick up the food. I forget about picking up the food, even if it's just normal food, but outside of my food plan. You know, God has shown me over and over again that I am on the right path and that he will provide every single day. You know, it doesn't say, so then he was able to start hanging out at bars and having a drink every now and then. It doesn't say that he was able to, um, you know, drink moderately and, you know, didn't have a problem with getting drunk. No, he never picked up the alcohol again. And even if he thought about it, he became, you know, revulsion came up in his body. And I am here to say that that is my experience. That, you know, when I have thought anything about, um, you know, this is just too hard, I can't do this anymore, you know, I'm pregnant, I'm in the hospital, I'm having company, I'm too busy, I don't have enough money, you know, every single place where I have thought that I could not do this anymore, God has met me at my where I am and has provided a way for that day, for that moment. You know, I can't, I can't live in the future. I can't project, you know, what it will be like if I'm in a nursing home. You know, I can't project what it will be like at my daughter's wedding, which she's 16. She's not even engaged. But, you know, we can just project so much as, as food addicts about, you know, the social situations and the, you know, family members who will ask us questions and just all these different things. And what this is saying is that God is going to be with us in every situation and that the idea is, is it's totally different than it was before. You know, I used to not think about the consequences. I didn't think about anything. I just shoved the food in my mouth. And then I'd be, you know, banging my head on the counter saying, how did this happen? I don't have to do that today. I don't have to wake up in the morning and say, how did I get here? Uh, God carries me through each day through this um, spiritual toolkit of the steps. And um, I'm just so grateful that I don't have to keep repeating those patterns over and over and over again that I did for two decades. Thanks. I'll pass. Thank, thank you, Katie. And I'd like to remind everyone to please stay muted if you're not speaking. I'm hearing some papers in the background here. And Paula, you're up. Thank you. Mm. Uh, this, this would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Rita. The line starts with, that was read, thus was our friend's cornerstone fixed in place. I just want to take one step back because that's what had to happen. He had stepped from bridge to shore, 
He left an old land, an old life for a new one, as I did. I had the opportunity to be in New York, and I was at Ellis Island. They left the land that they knew for the one that they didn't because of the promises it held. It says here, and then I'm going to go on, thus was our friend's cornerstone, repeated again, fixed in place, no later vicissitude. And I, I will be honest, I wasn't quite sure about that word. I want you to look at it in depth, and I will, just for a moment, has shaken it. What is a vicissitude? Hardship, change, or variation in life, or circumstances. Is that not life itself? Every day a change? I don't go into tomorrow, but even in today, changes are taking place. No later hardships. The hardships, you can list them. I don't got it. Whatever they happen to be in your life, mine may be different from yours, but those we do have has shaken it. His alcoholic problem was taken away. That very night, years ago, it disappeared. And he goes on, but I'm not going to continue because I love listening to all I've heard, the miracles. It said here, the man recounts. I listen to all recounts. Thank you for allowing me to share and with that I do pass. Thank you, Paula. And Raquel, you're up. Raquel. Hi, Monica. Thank you so much for your service, for this wonderful lesson and to everybody who is online, my brothers and sisters, this is so moving. I don't even know how I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Um, I, I had to go back to um, uh, to the doctor's opinion, where he says where he says um, how um, there's therefore a sense of real satisfaction when I was asked to contribute a few words on a subject, subject which is covered in such masterly detail in these pages. Well, the whole 164 pages is, is masterly, but how this, this chapter, how gently he reels us in to believe that, hmm, you know, you believe in God, what kind of God, why can't you believe in God? But the bottom line is, can you do without him? Show me. What does your life, Rachel, show thus far? Can you do without him? Never mind that you're a Bible teacher. But that God that lives in these masterly covered details of the disease, the solution, the implementation of the solution, masterly detail, but I think maybe the two things that are the hardest, I don't know what is. Step one, the 100% step that I couldn't go anywhere without totally admitting defeat and unmanageability. Or now step two, how gently he's bringing us about to, to see you want to say it this way, you want to say it that way, you, 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 you want to have a, a, an open mind, how can you open your mind, how can you let go of, of prejudice. And he's talking to such a wide circle of people agnostics, atheists, believers who cannot get the problem, even if that is the, the child of a minister. He lives inside of, of, of the Bible all the time in the church. All this, and how many friends I have who, who, who live within the religion, but when it comes to this, you know, uh, 
you know, uh, as it says with the working with others, I think if, you know, if the person says, well, you know, I, I know a few things about religion that maybe you don't know, well, then how come you are in such deep trouble? How come I have to come and, and, and throw the rope to you and throw the, the life preserver for you to ask, does it come only in these shades or is there another shade of blue? So uh, this is this is masterly to bring us in and to show us at the end that 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 last story that was our friend's cornerstone fixed in place. I need you all to pray for me too, because in these last five years a lot has happened to me in, in program, but but I still um, not because of this belief, but because of tremendous amounts of fear and inability to trust. It's like as though there's an enzyme missing in my makeup because I can justify with all kinds of circumstances of life why I had to just stand for myself from a very young age, but that has to be to let go. I, I, I spoke to a newcomer this early Raquel, morning. Raquel. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, and we, and we will keep you in our prayers. Thank you so much for sharing. And this is Monica. We lost you. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hey, this is Monica, and uh, Cornerstone, our friend's Cornerstone, was fixed in place. What is Cornerstone? Cornerstone is step two. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. So this is where our friend has come to. He's realized, you know, pain has brought him. The circumstances made him willing was pain, made him willing to think, to try to think something differently. And these people are saying, hey, we've got something here. Are you willing? Are you willing? And so here he's made a beginning. And um, a cornerstone also means indispensable and fundamental beginning or basis. So just by being willing to think differently here, he's made a basis. And with that, um, let's move on. And Sharon R.S., would you finish up the last two paragraphs, please? Good morning. Thank you, Monica. Can you hear me? Yes, now I can hear you. Okay, the guy started talking again. Good morning. This is Sharon, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. So glad to be on the line with you this morning. Even so, has God restored us all to our right minds? To this man... The revelation was sudden. Some of us grow into it more slowly, but he has come to all who have honestly sought him. We, when we draw near to him, he disclosed himself to us. And this is, uh, two things stand out in these two paragraphs to me. First of all, he restored us to our right minds. Now, I have, uh, when I first came to program and read step two, came to that in step two where it says that I was insane, I had a really 
really difficult time accepting that. That I had that it restored us to sanity means that at some point I was I had I was insane in some way, and I had a hard time accepting and believing in that. And because I had a difficult time accepting and believing in my the the fact of my insanity then I had a difficult time asking and accepting help. So I had to sit in the rooms for years, years, before I got the help and and got the recovery that I have now. And I believe that part of it was I continued to believe in my own mental abilities. I was not willing to accept my insanity, even when I did things with food that were just insane, that were crazy. I still could not accept my insanity. And until I could, then I couldn't reach out for help and 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 allow myself to be restored. And so here, God restored us all to our right minds, all. Everyone who could accept the insanity of their own minds, of their own behaviors and actions, everyone who could accept that was restored, was restored. The other thing that really stands out to me, and my own experience has confirmed it, he has come to all who have honestly sought him. I had... A, a real awareness, and it was a sudden, the revelation was sudden for me, even though I sat in the rooms for 10 years before I got recovered. But I had a sudden awareness that God, if I open myself up to God, if God was who she said she was, if she was as great and mighty as she said she was, then couldn't that God find a way to communicate with me? If that God had created me, if that God had created the earth, couldn't that God communicate to me? And that came to me suddenly. I suddenly was aware, like a light bulb had gone on, like a light had flashed and light shone and I could see the truth that what was keeping this power from operating in my life was not the power itself it was the fact that I was resisting that power that I did not believe that that power could help me so any help that came my way was rejected by me and because I rejected it then I thought it didn't exist and the light bulb was that maybe if I opened my mind opened my eyes and accepted that power maybe just maybe that power would operate on my behalf but I have to I have to say that it was not 
until I saw your recovery that I could truly, truly believe that I could get recovered. I had the awareness. I saw it. But I didn't act upon it until I saw your recovery because then I came to believe by seeing you and your recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. And I realize here that we've come to um, 7.55, but we're going to go a few minutes more just to let a couple more people share on this before we close. So is there someone there that would like to share very briefly? Sally? I heard Sally. Go ahead, Sally. Thank you. A couple minutes. Yes, I promise. Really brief. Um, just wanted to say, uh, in, in each paragraph, there's really a key word. We see at the top of 56 that this guy is dealing with his calamities. We see in the next paragraph that his gorge rose. The word gorge means feelings of anger, uh, disagreement, and disgust. Disgust is a pow- powerful word. So I really relate to this guy's story because he's mad at God. Our friend's gorge rose as he bitterly cried out, if there is a God, he certainly hasn't done anything for me. You can hear the anger in those words. And moving down the page, he comes to that place. He's, got, he's on the bridge, the same bridge that was talked about on page 53, where it says, we couldn't duck the issue. Some of us had already walked far over the bridge of reason toward the desired shore of faith. And now here we are on page 56. He had stepped from bridge to shore, so he's taken the leap of faith for the first time. He's living in conscious companionship with his creator. And then finally at the bottom of the page, the cornerstone, the vicissitude, these important words that speak volumes. And uh, I'm reminded on page 99, the bottom of the page, it says, remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. It is dependent upon his relationship with God. And we see that this guy has changed. He's made a decision to stop the relationship with, with whatever it was in his life. In his life, it was alcohol. He's made a decision to, to turn his eyes to a relationship with God. And that's what's going to bring about the recovery. Stop the relationship with the food. Turn over a new leaf and make a decision. Okay, I'm open to a relationship with a higher power. And finally, on page 57, what is this but a miracle of healing? Yet its elements are simple. And these same elements that are put put here on this page, we see the element of willingness. It goes on to say he humbly. It says that to believe... And then finally, but he has come to all who have honestly, these same four elements are the essentials on top of page 14, the elements on the bottom of page 13. The same four elements are used on the bottom of page 13 in the middle of Bill's story. But he has come to all who have honestly sought him. Honesty again meaning the absence of pride, self-will, and self-assertion. If we would stop asserting our own beliefs and consider the possibility, which they're asking us to do here, consider the possibility and what possibility there is. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. And so here we come to the end of our time, and I just want to put out a lot of hope out here. But he has come to all who have honestly sought him. And remember, Ebby said to Bill, whatever your conception, 
Just come up with a conception of your own. And it's promised here in black and white, he will come to you if you do the work, take the actions and do the work. And we've come to the end here, so thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Sally, would you read for us from a vision for you? Yes. Still, Sally, recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.